0: back to the Equipoise podcast. Today's episode, The Trail of Blood. I realize that The Trail of Blood sounds more like a macabre made-for-TV Halloween horror special. It actually refers to a belief system known as Baptist perpetuity or landmarkism, as made popular by Southern Baptist pastor James Milton Carroll in his 1931 booklet entitled The Trail of Blood. The booklet was actually a compilation of a few of his lectures in which he submitted that today's Baptists are directly linked to the first Christian by way of an, quote, Unbroken line of churches since Christ. This sentiment was echoed, at least to some degree, by none other than Charles Spurgeon on April second of eighteen sixty one, when he said the following from the pulpit of Metropolitan Tabernacle We believe that the Baptists are the original Christians. We did not commence our existence at the Reformation. We were reformers before Luther and Calvin were born. We never came from the Church of Rome, for we were never in it, but we have an unbroken line up to the Apostles themselves. We have always existed from the days of Christ, and our principles, sometimes veiled and forgotten like a river which may travel underground for a little season, have always had honest and holy adherents. Persecuted alike by Romanists and Protestants of almost every sect, yet there has never existed a government holding Baptist principles... Which persecuted others, nor, I believe, any body of Baptist ever held it to be right to put the consciences of others under the control of man. We have ever been ready to suffer, as our martyrologies will prove, but we are not ready to accept any help from the state to prostitute the purity of the Bride of Christ to any alliance with government, and we will never make the Church, although the Queen, the despot over the consciences of men." Now, full disclosure, I am a Baptist. That quote and the idea of Baptist perpetuity makes me want to stand a little taller and be proud of my heritage as those who've never bowed the knee to Rome. In fact, I think I still had that quote in a gilded frame from years past where it used to hang on the walls of my office at the church. But in the interest of balance, I think there's a lot of error in both Carroll's booklet and Spurgeon's quote. And I think that taking an unbiased look at church history will really help us in our pursuit of truth. So in today's episode, we'll approach this belief of Baptist successionism from a balanced perspective, both by discussing the motivations for successionism as well as discovering whether there is merit or not in this sort of claim. First, the motivations. The reasons for wanting to claim direct succession from Christ's apostles are very understandable. Think about it. Being able to trace an unbroken line of succession, whether apostolic or ecclesiastical, certainly lends some authority and credibility to that denomination. Who wants to believe something that the early church didn't believe? If we can't claim our doctrines can be traced back to the first churches, can we really claim that they're authoritative or even correct? There's also a bit of fear that can enter into this arena as well. If we can't trace our beliefs back to Christ, are they in fact soteriologically sound? So there's lots of reasons why one might want to link one's beliefs directly to Christ and the apostles by way of unbroken succession. And it's not just the Baptist. Just as men like Spurgeon and Carroll claim ecclesiastical succession for the Baptist, the Roman Catholics claim apostolic succession for their tradition, and many other denominations claim either some form of succession or at least recovery of the real thing, such as the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century or the Restorationist movement of the early 9th century. In the end, just about every denominational tradition lays claim to being on the right side of history, and each tradition has its own quotes and writings that bolster those claims. So, back to Carroll and his book. Bear in mind that Carroll didn't come up with this idea, but he was the first to have his lectures compiled in the form of a booklet to popularize the idea for an audience. In The Trail of Blood, Carroll attempted to show an unbroken line of Baptist beliefs as shown in several denominations throughout history. In short, his mission was to assert and support the idea that certain denominational or fringe groups throughout history were in fact Baptist churches in belief, but, like a rose by any other name, not called Baptist until later. His criterion were as follows. Exclusively local church, as opposed to a universal or institutional understanding of the church. Only two offices, pastor and deacon. Independent operations, apart from any sort of external leadership, either secular or ecclesiastical. Autonomous congregational authority. Only two ordinances, believers' baptism and Lord's Supper. Admission of only saved, baptized people into the church. Biblical authority only. Separation of church and state. And no compulsory participation by law or coercion. He then identified churches or groups that he believed held to all of these tenets, namely the Montanists, Donatists, Novatians, Paterines, Cathari, Poletians, Waldensians, Arnoldists, Henricians, and Albigenses, and, of course, the Anabaptists of the Reformation, and then right to today's Baptists. All of these groups, taught he, were Baptist but by other names and could be traced right back to the apostolic movement in Jerusalem and Judea by way of an unbroken line of churches. The most glaring problem with this is that almost all of the groups he lists would not hardly be considered Baptist by any stretch of the imagination then or today. Take the Cathari, for example. They taught that Jesus did not actually die on a cross, nor that he was human at all. They also taught that the God of the Old Testament was evil and that Christ was a spiritual being sent to kind of balance him out. They also taught to avoid marriage, sex, eating meat, and having material possessions. Or take the Paulicians, who also taught that Christ was a spirit, but in addition rejected the Lord's Supper completely. Or maybe take the Waldensian, whose tradition I personally really appreciate, but were not at all congregational, but rather took direction from synods. They would be much more Presbyterian than Baptistic. So to quote Dr. Eric Ayala, So we see from these groups Gnostics who rejected matter, the death of Christ, and the God of the Old Testament, and who embraced dualism and asceticism. We see groups that used influence within Catholicism to bring about political ambition, and others who founded secluded societies of pacifistic communism. Then there are those who thought that the morality of the minister transfused into the ordinance and that the failing of such a minister would invalidate your baptism. Carroll seems to have linked together every major heretical group of post-ancient Europe into his trail of baptist. If this is truly the heritage of baptist then let me be the first to forever repudiate the name of baptist and to only speak of it with a spit of disgust. Thankfully however this is not in any way the true heritage of baptist. End quote. Another problem with this book and Baptist secessionism in general is the matter of historical and scholarly support. It's very easy to write a book or record a podcast and say whatever you want to say, and say it persuasively. It's quite another thing to have scholarship and peer review behind it. Carroll's book, unfortunately, does not have any real academic support, and the quotes he puts forth in the book to bolster his case are often wildly out of context, unreliable, questionable, or just plain false. In summary, while I don't disagree with everything in Carroll's lectures, it is apparent that he fails spectacularly in the one area in which he really needed to succeed, making his main case and supporting it with actual historical facts. But you should know that this isn't limited to just Carroll and his booklet. Tens of thousands of Baptists have come to trust reports like his and have based their identity on something that is simply not true. This is the problem because not only should we always seek the truth however uncomfortable it might make us but the presence of a false Baptist history mask and distract us from our true rich heritage i don't have time to get into that full heritage here but i am going to post a link in the show notes for you to read that properly criticizes the work trail of blood and then leads you down a rabbit hole of the true history of baptists and it's actually really quite fascinating Listen, I know that many will be disheartened, maybe even frightened, to find out that Baptists cannot, in fact, trace their lineage back to Christ through an unbroken succession of churches. But the lack of finding an exact pure line of churches shouldn't scare you or bother you, not at all. Consider the following. Reading the Hebrew Scriptures, you'll find that there were various time periods, sometimes centuries, where the correct worship of Yahweh was all but forgotten except by a few. Reading the Bible, it seems that virtually no one had it right, so I submit to you that even the right worship of Yahweh cannot claim an unbroken succession of priests and prophets and communities. No, Israel's history looks far less like a neat preserved line of pure doctrinal perfection than it does a messy hodgepodge of carnal people who continually needed reformation and recovery on a regular basis, just like us today. So then, why should we expect Christian history, even Baptist history, to look any different? We should not. Just like in the Old Testament, we find that God providentially does now what he did then. He makes sure that despite ebbs and flows of doctrine and devotion, his church will not ever fade away into oblivion. Yes, the church has been polluted both from within and without over the years, and has been split into hundreds of major denominations thanks to the pox of expressive individualism, but this shouldn't surprise us. I don't have the self-confidence or sheer hubris to imagine that I or my denominational history has everything just right, and I won't resort to anachronistically redacting or conjuring up historical facts in order to bolster my position. I hope you won't either. I hope you'll take a look with an honest and open heart at Baptist history, no matter where you are on the issue. And until next time, stay balanced.